So, good morning. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Dry Eye Diva of the East. How are you doing? And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Things are good. Just very cold. Um, making it a little bit dry for our skin and, um, and all those things. But otherwise, things are good. Yeah, no, it's actually, I think, 25 below zero here this morning in Boston with the wind chill. So it is, uh, it is definitely winter. So there's uh, a lot we have to do to take into consideration our, just our general well-being in this temperature and taking care of us. And it's a pity Laura Dry Diva from the West can't join us today. Uh, she's in Seattle, so I think it might even be colder over there. But uh, she'll be back with us for the next time. So... On that note, why don't we defrost a little bit? Do you have your cup of coffee with you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I definitely need me a hot caffeine this morning. Um, so it was really interesting because this year for New Year's Eve, I know, as most people, I went out with some friends, had a dinner and, you know, celebration for midnight. And I thought it would be really cool to put on some new trendy makeup that I've been seeing everywhere. I saw some glitter uh, eyeshadow that promised not to be irritating and oh my lord I thought I was going to scratch my eyes off my face it hurt so much not only did it irritate the lids but it actually flaked inside my eyes and Leslie I just don't know how people wear this glitter stuff on a regular basis it's so absolutely evil anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh, definitely dry eye diva don't so but um you would never wear stuff like that would you you wear contacts right i sometimes wear contacts yes um and although that glitter does look really pretty um it does it is very irritating um so i try to avoid it when i can or um use a cream based eyeshadow seems to help um get a little bit of shine without without this falling into your eyes oh that's a good idea yeah. and but i had a i had a problem myself with um with a liquid eyeliner, I'll have to dig into the ingredients a little deeper because after using it for a night or two, I started to have a little redness and swelling of my upper lid. And thankfully, I had what I needed to start treating myself early and didn't turn into a full-fledged uh, hordeolum or sty. But oh, no. these are the beauty blunders that we all have to deal with. Yeah, it's actually kind of scary because I've noticed looking at the eye makeup since we've been doing this dry eye diva research, what, for almost three years now. <laughs> the It's crazy because I'll go to the department store and look at the products and ask the women behind the beauty counter, hey, you know, I have really sensitive eyes and I need to be really careful about what makeup I use. Can you recommend some products? And the thing is, they actually really don't know what to recommend. And what I've even noticed is even if they give me a product for, say, sensitive eyes, I'll look at the ingredients and realize that One, I don't even understand a lot of the chemicals on the package, even though we've been doing this research for more than three years. And two, I also realize this, I'm not sure if it's a trend or if it's just the regulations in the U.S., but not all of the ingredients seem to be listed on the package. And it's kind of, it's kind of scary. And I'm getting really anxious now about buying new eye makeup because I'm not always sure what to put on my eyes. So to your point with the liquid eyeliner, it's like, whoa, you know, what is irritating your lids? Is it the alcohol? Is it the chemicals that they use to make the the pigments? What is it? 
Yeah. I do think that it's helped, you know, us trying to raise awareness over these past few years. Um, I've definitely been seeing patients that are getting recommendations from their eye care providers. But when I look to see what exactly they're recommending, I still have questions and concerns. And sometimes we'll switch them from a lid cleanser or it's usually um, what they're recommending for eye makeup remover that I'm not always in agreement with. But at least the awareness is starting and the conversation is starting because that's something that we haven't seen, you know, in a long time. So, and they're not just telling women to avoid it at all costs. They're trying to give them smarter ways to do it. It's just, unfortunately the products, we need better products. Yeah. Um, No, I've definitely seen an uptick in, shall we say, education about cosmetics usage and eye health. But I've also realized that a lot of the information that's out there that's starting to get out there isn't always the best. Um, We definitely need to do some more. And I look forward to working with you and Laura more um, and undercovering more of the, the secrets that are hiding in our beauty bag. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a need. And I know with uh, the, say our eye doctors, we definitely need to discuss what we're doing for our beauty routines and our makeup routines, because I'm sure that really impacts our, our lid health, lid health and our overall eye health. Do you see this a lot with your patients? Do they share with you what they're doing for um, their beauty routines? Only when I ask them. So interestingly, especially with my focus on dry eye, Uh, they don't always associate their eye makeup with contributing to some of their symptoms. So I have the conversation with them, um, but they've never had it before, you know, with an eye care provider and they're always very receptive to the tips. Um, Recently I met this young girl who was tight lining eyeliner and waterline putting the eyeliner on her waterline since she was probably 14 years old. And I met her now at 31. So, so what does that do? I mean, well, her, that's what, 15 years of eyeliner and on the waterline? Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. So she was in because she was complaining of blurred vision, worse when she was watching television. She was noticing and she thought she needed glasses. Well, um, she had a lot of atrophy to her meibomian glands, obviously, because she was completely covering the orifice and blocking this oil from coming out for all those years. Ugh. So I was able to take pictures not only of where she was putting her makeup, but what the glands look like. And all I did was say, just let's stop putting it over top of the glands. Um, you can still wear eyeliner, but let's just put it where your lashes are like below the lash. Um, and she came back now a few weeks later, her vision's better and her eyes feel a lot better. And she just had no idea. So just being there to educate the patients is so important. Wow, that's amazing. Well, the first half of her life, she definitely learned beauty tricks, but also beauty blunders. But actually, to your point, I the other day you posted on our Dry Eye Diva Facebook page this absolutely terrifying YouTube instructional. There was this young girl, or say young woman, um, who was explaining this really cool new eyelash beauty hack and (laughs) in fact when I looked at it I could not believe what she was doing she was actually applying fake eyelashes underneath her eyelashes meaning on the waterline so not only is it bad enough that people are doing the eyeliner on the tight liner waterline shall we call it 
but they're also applying eyelash glue and fake eyelashes on the waterline. And I've noticed that this, not only the YouTube video that was out there, but I noticed that Cosmo magazine and several of the other beauty magazines were promoting this as the coolest thing to make the fake eyelashes look even more real. Can you explain to me why we should absolutely never do something like this? It might be a beauty hack, but you're definitely... um, Shall we call it? It's more of a, it, it's, it's a beauty disaster. <laughs> it is. Um, so for reasons that, you know, we know because we are involved in eye care, right at the base of the lash um, on the surface toward your eye are the openings of these oil glands that are so important for how your eye keeps itself hydrated from blink to blink. So wait a second. So, so the oil glands. So when you're putting this glue, this formaldehyde lace glue on your oil glands, I mean, that, that compromises the oil glands. Is that sort of like, it, it means that it's suffocating oil glands, it clogs the oil glands, or what? They just, they emit oil onto your eyes. What is it really? Um, so it's, um, it's an oil that helps to stabilize the liquid layer mm-hmm. of your tear. Um, and so when you would apply that, there's many things that you'd be concerned about. One is just the complete blockage, right? So now that glue... And also the lashes, um, uh, where they're uh, where they're applying the glue, is covering the opening, so you have complete obstruction for the time when the gla- when the eyelash extensions are applied to that part. Um, but then, like you said, the glue, and especially this video that I had posted, the, the glue I looked it up, um, and formaldehyde was clearly listed as formaldehyde in the oh. ingredient list, so easy to find, nothing that we had to uncover. Um, so we know that formaldehyde um, is, you know, paralyzing things like the frog in the jar <laughs> analogy that we like to refer to. So it's it has a probably a bigger impact on the gland health in what it's doing to the orifice and the muscle that lines that orifice, um, which could lead to inactivity of the gland even after that's it's removed. So wait, so inactivity here. of the gland would mean that you can't produce correct lubrication, so your eyes are say lubricated and uh humidified so you you're compromising your tear production so that can cause or exacerbate dry eye is that right that's what i would think i mean if you are freezing sort of the muscle that is around the little gland to squeeze out the oil from the formaldehyde and the glue now you have what's called an oil deficient dry eye or evaporative dry eye so now your tears start to become um, unbalanced. You may have overproduction of water to compensate for that. So sometimes people have watery eyes when they actually, in fact, have dry eyes. Um, sometimes they'll have blurry vision because as they're blinking, the lid is distributing kind of a um, unbalanced tear, which makes the vision blurry. Right. So all of those things aren't normal, but sometimes get overlooked by the people that are suffering. And so basically, so these women are putting formaldehyde glue and fake eyelashes on their waterline. So not only are they compromising their tear production, therefore their eye health, but I am right now, seriously, I wish you could see my face. I'm just, I'm rubbing my eyes thinking about how this would feel. It's just, oh, but then I'm thinking, oh my God, you have to actually take off the eyelashes 
once you've glued them on. So you kept them on for probably a good 12 plus hours because you probably put them on before you go to work in the morning or before you go out at night. So no matter what, they're on for an extended period of time. But then these lashes are glued to your waterline. How do you take them off? You can't just rip them off. I mean, not only are you probably pulling off your other lashes, but that could cause even more injury, not to mention the the wonderful remover that you have to, shall we say, turpentine that you need to get the glue off. I mean, can that must not be good either. Yeah, and that sounds like a, another podcast, I think, because honestly, the removal habits are something I'm not that familiar with, right. but um, I need to become more familiar with because you're exactly right. If you especially in this technique, you need more glue than usual. The, the woman in the video clearly said that, oh, this isn't sticking oh. because, you know, because there was probably liquid where she was trying to apply it versus if they're doing it to the outside of the lash where it's usually dry on your skin. So I think the removal habits um, would be an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, no, well. I think that'd be a great one. Also, when, when Laura gets back, it'd be good because she's the biochemist genius, so she can really talk about the chemicals in it. Um, so we'll definitely do a, another podcast on that. But just to the point with the, the fake eyelashes, I know they look absolutely amazing, and all of my friends are constantly texting me and begging me to give them some suggestion on how to wear them because they just they don't want to give up their fake eyelash habit. And I tell them, I said, look, I can't promote them because of the glue and because of the, the trauma you can really cause to your lashes. But I told one of my friends literally yesterday, I said, look, if you absolutely have to wear them, maybe put them on for dinner one night and then take them right off. Because seriously, the women that put them on and leave them on for weeks on end, I mean, you must also have a not only you have uh, suffoc- you're suffocating the glands in your lids, but I would assume you could even get, say, a, a bug infestation in your lashes because you can't clean those things. I mean, if you're keeping these fake lashes on for several days or several weeks, I think some of them you can keep on. The ones that are professionally applied, I think they can stay on for up to three weeks. Leslie, how do you clean them? So even without the removal thing, can you actually have a bug infestation i mean there would be like bugs multiplying on your eyelids having sex on your eyelids that's just gross that's not beautiful well this that trend is certainly um booming with um, eyelash extensions and uh, synthetic extensions being applied lash by lash to the natural lash to try to keep it from last you know lasting longer which poses a lot of concerns um what you're talking about is demodex um and that can oh that's a sexy name for eye bugs yeah that (laughs) that can exist with and without um eyelash extensions so our male patients can have it as well um or women that are never wearing lash extensions but it certainly does so the eyelash extensions kind of contribute or exacerbate the likelihood of um, what they what they could do is increase the food source because of something um, called blepharitis, which is a buildup at the base of the lash okay. um, that happens. And especially with eyelash extensions, you are having trouble cleansing them or you want to not remove them, right? So you might not be doing the same cleansing habits day to day that you do um, when you aren't wearing them. Right. Some of the big things reported um, would be irritation to the lid. Um and the and even the white and the conjunctival tissue of of the eye of people wearing lash extensions. So sometimes you might not think I'm going to get a red eye from wearing eyelash extensions, but um, when you're having them applied, if the glue would get in contact with the eye at all, you can certainly have a reaction to that. Um, and then you can have something that's 
called blepharitis, which is a buildup of debris, bacteria, um, skin cells, dust from the environment that builds up at the base of the lash and is hard to remove um, for those women. I'm just thinking about putting on liquid aligner or even the pencil liner and eyeshadow on top of these false eyelashes and then not even be able to clean that. And I'm thinking even just the the oils in the, the eye makeup are just, it's food for the the bugs. So you have the dead skin cells. You have all of the yummy stuff in the in the eye makeup, whether it be the eyeliner or the mascara. And then you just keep you keep feeding these bugs. So the infestation can be really nasty. Oh, Leslie, I can't do this. Can do you think? Do you think we could use the magnet the magnetic eyelashes? I've seen those, but do those pull the uh, your actual lashes out of the follicle are those are those better do you think or should we also say if we need to use those do them for dinner once in a while but don't make it a regular habit um it's interesting to think about the magnets i think they are hard to apply but again it goes back to the whole concern of what's the purpose of your eyelash oh, good point as you as you extend the lash you are creating a wind tunnel instead of it helping to protect the surface of your eye and diverting wind. The longer the lash gets, you're actually helping wind come into the eye. Um, so it's the perfect storm for helping to create a dry eye, even in a, in a person that normally isn't prone to that. So I think just the whole idea of lengthening the lash has got to be something that we think about um, for our consumers really yeah i was reading some research that said um that our eyelashes mother nature made our eyelashes about one third the length of our eye so that's an interesting point that you make that extending the lashes of the length of the lashes whether it be with the glued on false eyelashes or the uh, magnetic eyelashes we're also increasing the the wind and debris that gets sucked into your eyes because it's 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 not natural Definitely not. So maybe what we have to do is rethink what we find to be beautiful and how, you know, how did this become such a huge trend in the past five years? Right. And how can we make um, women comfortable with, um, you know, the lashes that they were given <laughs> naturally? That's true. Well, the eyes are the window to our soul. So I guess if we keep our eyes healthy, we keep our soul healthy. So on that note, Leslie, I'd like to thank you for your time. And I look forward to our, our next round of dry eye diva do's and don'ts. And so have a great, have a great afternoon. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Amy.